0: This is Thank You Heartbreak. Hi everyone, I'm Chelsea Lee Trescott. As a breakup coach, relationship advice columnist, and the founder of Break Upward, Chelsea is passionate about human beings and their stories. She talks to people about their journeys in love, growth, heartbreak, revelations, and every wound and lesson along the way. This podcast shines a light on heartbreak, showing you that the most crushing experiences are also your greatest opportunity to become meaningful, relatable human beings. Now, let's get to the heart of it. Hi everyone, this is Chelsea Lee Truscott, and this is the 13th episode of Thank You Heartbreak. I am back with a listener's question and listen when a a question comes in that seems super important and because it's so important it's tough you know i do procrastinate so i right now you know i wrap myself up in a blanket then i'm going to get some hot cheetos i'm going to make myself some coffee i'm going to rearrange the paintings on the wall i'm going to pick up a book and you know it just goes on and on and on it's it's a distraction from confronting questions that are hard. Instead of distracting myself any further, I'm just gonna get to it. We're gonna get right into the question. The question is, how do I stay friends with someone who has also been emotionally abusive in the past? They aren't always like that. Maybe they're bipolar or have something else going on with them. Because I still value them, how can I set boundaries for when they get that way in the future? This is what immediately comes to me reading this question. And that's an image. So let's just start there. This is what I this is what I see. I see the image of you wanting more than anything in the world to correct yourself. The image of you lost in thought in some deep desperation to plot your way to a better, more respectable you. The image of you yearning innocently to become more valuable more valuable not only to this guy that's prone to emotional abuse, but more valuable really to yourself. It's the idea that if I become this woman that's worthwhile, that carries herself with grace and self-love, tenacity and strength, then that will be a boundary in and of itself. It will suddenly be obvious that this person who's belittled me before or overlooked me before will know he can't anymore that I won't allow it. That I won't allow it because I've finally developed some standards for myself, some rules to live by, some self-respect. And not only that, but it's this hope. It's its this hope, this fantasy raging inside of you that thinks he won't belittle me or overlook me or risk doing what he's done before because I will be so much better than I used to be that he won't ever want to risk losing me now. He won't belittle me because once I've bettered myself, I will finally be enough for him. I mean, maybe the problem all along was that I didn't think I was enough for myself. Maybe to love me, to respect me, he just needs to see me loving and respecting myself. Hey, maybe maybe it's that easy. If I want him to treat me in a new way, I just need to become a new and improved person. Who wouldn't applaud that? And you know what? When I really think about it, maybe all this emotional torture was just his way of inspiring me, of forcing me to grow up and get myself well. I mean, it worked, right? Here I am reaching out to a coach because I want to fix this and accept this and prepare myself for the worst too. Look how he's helped me. Maybe I'm not appreciating him enough. Okay, I could be totally 100% off with this, but this is the interior dialogue I imagine happening when you're in a relationship or friendship with someone who has been emotionally abusive before. My question for you is, do you realize that within your question for me is the awareness that nothing is going to change? You said it yourself. You said it when you asked, quote, how to set boundaries for when they get that way in the future. Not if they get that way, but when they get that way. I'm afraid you know that the same old song and dance is inevitable. You just want to be well enough to stomach it, to take it without taking it on anymore, without letting it affect you. I get it. If we can learn to be okay with the very thing that's unforgivable or so easy to hate, if we could just put it into perspective, we won't have to say goodbye. My concern is that you saying goodbye is the only way for you to actually get well. It's the only way you stop being a person who enables his abusive behavior. You saying goodbye is the only way to set a boundary that doesn't budge. It's the only way the abuse actually stops for you. It's when you value your peace enough, or at least the peace you're trying to create, to not let that shit into your world. This exact topic actually came up with a girlfriend who was visiting town. Years ago, she dated someone who was emotionally abusive. She eventually got out of the relationship, but not the friendship. She didn't want to lose him as a friend. Like you said, an emotional abuser isn't always that way. She wanted to stay friends with a person who wasn't that way. I think she thought if she was no longer dating him, then he would no longer be an emotional abuser since that wasn't really him, or at least not all of him. It was circumstantial. It was triggered by passion and love, not by casualty and friendship. If the relationship was over, the abuse would end. And it did. He no longer abused her emotionally. Instead, he started dating a new girl and eventually wound up physically abusing her. When the new girlfriend reached out to my friend, hoping that my friend would say that she too had been hit and that it wasn't just her, as if that would make it less personal and more understandable, my friend told me she had enormous guilt. She wondered whether staying friends with the man who had emotionally abused her hadn't enabled him to escalate his behavior and hurt his next girlfriend even more. That by staying friends with him, there was no consequences of being abusive. Or well, the consequences weren't grave enough. After all, it would appear that she valued him enough to remain friends. And we all know we choose our friends because we like them as people and because they treat us well. Why we would befriend a person who is trampled on our emotions is confusing, right? In a way, it's easy to see that remaining friends with an abusive person would allow them to think that they could get away with it because their abuse obviously doesn't make them irredeemable. But maybe it should. Maybe people who are abused, even if the abuse only comes 5% of the time, should treat their abuser as if they can't be pardoned since there's no unseen or unlearning or unexperiencing or unfeeling the abuse that has been done to them. Maybe victims should get out of the way so the abuser can, God willing, find their way to the professionals, the doctors, the people that maybe can correct them. But for people like you, maybe you've got to be objective. Maybe you can't afford to live in the gray area. Maybe you can forgive him and hope for the best for him from a distance, but let him be wrong. I know there's a lot of grief involved in doing any of this. I know we all want to help someone through their darkest times. But the best shot you've got at helping someone else wake up is to be the example of someone who already has. The only way you have a hand in him getting better is by no longer giving him a hand. You set boundaries in the future by not waiting for the future to enact the boundary. You set boundaries for your future by drawing the line in the sand today. It will be hard, but you are already worth it. You become better when you choose better for yourself. This requires you saying goodbye to anything and everything that hasn't seen or brought out the best in you. You know what the worst case scenario is? Is you treating yourself with this newfound love and discovering that while that will change you, that doesn't change him. The worst case scenario is betting on the chances that you improving yourself will naturally improve the situation because you either won't stand for it or tolerate it or you simply won't deserve it anymore, which means that it will have stopped altogether, that it will be within your control. But that's a fantasy. Control is a fantasy and it's a fantasy coming from a very wounded and codependent place. You must understand that just because you're learning to keep your head high, just because you are chasing growth, doesn't correlate to him changing for the better too. As I mentioned in my last episode, I'm on vacation right now and as I was leaving New York, I grabbed a book on the top of my shelf and that book is one I haven't read in several years and it's called Zen and the Art of Falling in Love by Brenda Shoshana. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but I'll put it in the show notes. And... Randomly, before I began this episode, as I said, when I like to kind of pitter-patter around, I go grabbing for other things to do, and I opened this book that I have, and the page number is 141, and it's called Identifying Relationship Poisons, and because I did come to this page, it felt like something that I should share with you in terms of this question. So here's the passage. The Buddha said that all suffering, all thunderclouds and afflictions, is caused by three poisons, greed, anger, and delusion that exist within all of us. These poisons are inherent in the human condition and must be purified. They surface in our lives when appropriate circumstances arise. This is part of our karma, our mental, emotional, and physical composition constructed by ourselves through deeds, thoughts, and actions. Some of these poisons and relationships express themselves as jealousy, fear, anger, suspiciousness, attachment, and possessiveness. We develop fantasies about others that have no basis in reality. These feelings are painful, but they surface in order to be released, not to be acted upon. When we don't understand their true nature, we think these painful feelings are caused by the situation or the other person. We may also feel that these feelings are expressions of our love, that we have a right to feel possessiveness and attached to the person. Anyone in love would feel that way. We might also think these poisons are part of our identity, who we essentially are. But rather than try to justify these painful moments, we must simply recognize them for what they are and let them go. The great art of relationships is learning how to handle the poisons when they appear. They are the essence of the stick we receive, the blows that hurt us in our relationships. Our monkey mind may make its objections to handling pain in this way. Our monkey mind loves to dwell upon and intensify difficulties of all kinds. It reacts to everything impulsively and thrives on endless chatter and mental machinations. Our monkey mind is not willing to let pain and difficulty subside easily and give up its fuel. The monkey mind actually enjoys and seeks these poisons as if they were honey itself. The way in which we receive our sorrows, the way in which we understand what is happening and respond to it, makes the entire difference between heaven and hell. What could turn into a long convoluted time of anguish or depression can also be experienced differently, simply like a sudden storm crossing our path. A storm is not a personal reflection of who we are. It arises and departs, clearing the air, making room for the sun. When we view the blows we perceive in this way, the pain we feel is not compounded and intensified, but instead becomes an in comp- I can't even say this word, an accompaniment a companion A C C O N P A N I M E N T there's that word for you. To an otherwise purposeful day and purposeful, happy relationship. This is not to indicate that there are not times when it is appropriate to end a difficult relationship. There are. But even though we may end a relationship, it is not because we are afraid of facing and receiving the difficulties or looking for a one-sided experience. Our decision arises after all has been experienced from another basis, a deeper part of ourselves. Sometimes knowing how to receive blows is confused with accepting a sadomasochistic relationship. It is crucial to make a distinction here. When we find ourselves in inequitable power struggles or yield our own strength, autonomy and life force to another, our fear and anger are an avoidance of love. We declare ourselves weak and incapable, or from the other perspective, imagine we have the right to dominate another. Both of these delusions arise from not knowing who we are or how to truly confront the blows that life brings. In sadomasochistic relationships, one partner is dominated and abused and the other does the dominating. These roles can reverse from time to time. The one who accepts the harm does so because she has been fixated upon herself as a victim, inadequate and unworthy of love. The guilt she feels then draws the punishment which temporarily relieves the guilt. This pattern proves once again how unworthy she and her partner are. Clearly, there's nothing loving in this behavior, either to herself or the other. The one who, out of weakness and fear of his own vulnerability, plays the dominating role often feels vulnerable and out of control. He then responds by feeling that in the name of love, he has the right to control and subjugate. Inflicting pain upon others becomes a protection from the pain he is feeling. Not only is this a degradation of the relationship, it is the very opposite of a loving heart. All these permeations of pain and power in relationships are the result of not knowing how to deal with the blows life offers. Staying and damaging our painful relationships comes about from our unwillingness to really feel, acknowledge, and finally let go of pain. Zen teaches us never to yield autonomy or authority for our lives to another person. Each of us contains the wisdom, strength, and beauty to handle everything. You can decide anytime you want to that enough pain is enough. When you feel your pain thoroughly, it is easier to give it up and choose well-being. The choice is always yours. When we create or stay in relationships that are fundamentally damaging and negate the basic principles of love, suffering will follow as day follows night. When we choose to live with the principles of love, though pain may arise briefly, it will not turn into suffering, and we will easily attract support and harmony. Again, that's from the book Zen and the Art of Falling in Love by Brenda Shoshana. Miss Brenda Shoshana uses a lot of words that Miss Chelsea Trescott cannot pronounce. Did you realize that? So sadomasochistic and all the other loaded lingo aside, I hope some of that resonated for me something that was super powerful about those pages was these questions come from not knowing how to deal with the blows life offers and i think that if we back off from relationships and we say we don't we don't personalize it Toward the other person, or even toward ourselves, like personalize it in terms of their, if they were, if they loved me more, they would treat me better. Or if I loved them enough, I would stay with them and just say, you know what, I'm stepping aside because I want to figure out how to deal with the blows of life. Because that will be important in this relationship or in future relationships or just the everyday life of being a human being. And just look at things as I'm trying to figure out how to deal with the blows of life so they don't completely throw me down on the ground every single time. And then another big part that really resonated with me is that staying in damaging and painful relationships is coming from an unwillingness to really feel and acknowledge the pain of letting go. Something that I said earlier on in my response was that sometimes we just wanna feel like if only we can learn how to be with the struggle, be with the person that emotionally abuses us without taking it on. So we take it in but we don't take it on anymore. And we're doing that because we don't want to have to say goodbye. So we're compromising situations for ourselves and we're not letting, you know, them be wrong, you know, someone that crosses us in this way, we're not We're not letting that not be okay because we're fearful and we don't want to experience how it would feel to say goodbye. And another super powerful part of these pages was that ultimately the choice is yours. At any point, you can say, you know, enough is enough. The pain that I've I've experienced is enough. And feel empowered that the choice is ultimately yours, which means that It can be really fearful to have to say goodbye, but always know that, again, if you make the choice to say goodbye, you could always make the choice to say hello again. You know, people ask me, that it wrong to break up with someone with the objective of getting back together with them. So I'm breaking up with them because I want to work on myself and I really want to get back with them. So I'm just trying to find ways to kind of become more of what they want. And I tell people, you know what, if that objective, if the objective of winning them over, winning their favor over, is going to get you up in the morning, is going to get you to reach for new activities or new engagements that are going to kind of bolster your spirit or lift you higher or or change the direction of your days. If you're choosing these things which you think it's going to make you more appealing, if that's the motivation, again, if that's lifting you up in the morning and getting you on the path, then by all means, let that be the thing that gets you on the path. Because you know what? Ultimately, when we start walking down that path, you will be so surprised by the newfound love you have for yourself, the newfound experiences you have with yourself, the things that you start seeing you doing for yourself alone. And I feel like ultimately along that path that you thought that path is going to take you back to the person, you realize I'm actually in this position now of power. I feel empowered by myself to make a new choice. And what I see often is as though the the early objective was I'm going to better myself to get the person back. They use that, they better themselves and now they're in a position where they make a new choice for themselves and the choice is theirs and they ultimately choose differently. So, I'm just saying that might not happen, but it's okay to end a relationship and and step aside from this emotional abuse and say I'm going to get into a position where I can take this, right? I can handle this. I can stomach the abuse, but I won't I won't stand for it anymore. I'll take it, but I won't take it on. It won't get me down. I'll be in a place of power. If that's how you're leaving the relationship and and that's what you're chasing. if that would if that's what gets you reading the books, if that's what gets you talking to other people, getting out, going for a run, do it. But I think you will surprise yourself. There's a great chance that you will surprise yourself one day and you'll say, holy shit, look who I've become and I'm actually not going to stand for that anymore and I, I really have pivoted away from this and there won't be the grief, there won't be the burden, there won't be the fear because you're really you're owning the goodbye and, and you're seeing how you're welcoming yourself into a new life. So that is my thoughts on that question. And, you know, it's a hard one. And I also just want to say that by no means telling you the experience of the friend that was staying with me and the relationship that she was in and the enormous guilt that she felt, you know, hearing about that. And in my response, you know, I was saying that Sometimes you know there's a fine line of staying friends with an abuser can enable them and make it seem in their mind that it's okay to to hurt other people. And I just want to be clear that that's not your fault. That don't blame yourself. That you wanting to stay friends with someone, you know, enabled them or or made them think it was okay to abuse someone more. You know, that's them. That's their wrong, sick thinking and your desire for friendship comes from a, you know a real place of love and and fear i just wanted to make sure that that you knew that 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 guilt is an honest emotion but don't blame yourself for anything having to do with the abuse just you know give yourself the allowance to to leave and to imagine new sorts of relationships where no one would ever cross you and you don't have to become a new person in order for someone not to cross you. Sometimes you just have to put yourself in front of new people. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want to reach me and the podcast further and connect, you can find me on Instagram at thankyouheartbreak. Feel free to send me a direct message and send me questions or topics, anything that you want me to answer. To connect with my coaching website, you can visit me at breakupward.com.